today date Today date is the 9th of July, 2023. We are reading from the big book of AA, pages 62, Selfishness and Self-Centeredness, to and including paragraph, pages 62. This is the how and why. Darcy will be our reader, followed by a 20-minute share by Nancy. After reading, so, okay. Uh, after reading, introduce, uh, no, thank you, Nancy. No, um, I'm sorry, I'm just a little bit confused. Um, Darcy, will you please read? Yes, hi everyone, uh, Darcy L from North Carolina, recovered. Selfishness, self-centeredness, that we think is the root of our troubles. Driven by a hundred forms of fear, self-delusion, self-seeking and self-pity, we step on the toes of our fellows and they retaliate. Sometimes they hurt us, seemingly without provocation, but we invariably find that at some point in the past, we have made decisions based on self, which later placed us in a position to be hurt. So our troubles, we think, are basically of our own making. They arise out of ourselves, and the alcoholic is an extreme example of self-will run riot though he usually doesn't think so. Above everything, we alcoholics must be rid of this selfishness. We must or it kills us. God makes that possible. And there often seems no way of entirely ridding of self, getting rid of, rid of self without his aid. Many of us had moral and philosophical convictions galore, but we could not live up to them even though we would have liked to. Neither could we reduce our self-centeredness much by wishing or trying on our own power. We had to have God's help. This is the how and why of it. First of all, we had to quit playing God. It didn't work. Next, we decided that hereafter in this drama of life, God was going to be our director. He is the principal. We are his agents. He is the father and we are his children. Most good ideas are simple. And this concept was the keystone of the new and triumphant arch through which we pass to freedom. Okay, thank you very much, Darcy. And now we have Nancy, our guest speaker. Nancy, the floor is yours. Thank you, Tara. Thank you, Cherry Hill, for asking me to speak today. Um, I'm really excited to be here. My name is Nancy C., and I am a grateful recovered compulsive overeater this morning in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and grateful to be here among my uh, peers. I want to say a quick welcome to anybody who's new. Um, you didn't sign on to an OA meeting by accident. You don't just decide that you're going to wake up and just dial in. So, you're going to not understand everything that people are talking about or what people are saying. But if you understand one thing, listen for the feelings of how people are talking, listening to the way people think, and try to identify in. Don't look at how people look or what they're, how their mannerisms are. Just really identify what you're hearing today. And if I can reach one person by something that I say today, then I've done my job because our message is to carry this message to other compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all my affairs. 
So boy, did I get a good paragraph. This is like the cornerstone of everything, right? It's the big enchilada. Selfishness and self-centered, that wasn't me. You know, let's take a look back at what we've been talking about so far. We've talked about, we understand that we're powerless over food. Okay, that was given. I couldn't do anything um, about stopping my eating. How many times had I tried to stop eating? Um, briefly qualifying myself, um, I was a chubby kid. Um, grew up in a family of six people, always felt that I was lost, um, and always got special treatment because I was chubby. I had to go to chubby stores. I had fat feet, so I had to go to special shoe stores and couldn't go to normal places. So I identified out and got special treatment for the wrong reasons very early on. But I learned that if I was special and unique and different, I could get attention. And that served me well because of selfishness and self-centered. Any way I could get that attention growing up, I started to want to get it. Um, I was a perpetual dieter and always thinking about food. I was always thinking about how I could get it, when I could get it, how I could eat it, who was watching me eat it, who wasn't watching me eat it, people leave me alone so I could eat it, not eating, then having to eat. Everything revolved around that ease and comfort I got from food because nobody else followed my script. So the only thing that made me feel better was eating. It was that aha moment that I got that would make me feel okay. When I felt okay, the world came to an end. When you would do what I wanted you to do, I was at peace, but not for very long because I always wanted to go to the next level. Um, you know, I learned early on to make fun of myself so nobody would see that I was hurting. You know, I was called chubby. I was called that. So I was called thundersize when I was playing a catcher position in softball. I was chubby catcher. Um, I had a plate on or I swam on the swim team and I had a stripe down the middle of my suit that kind of went like this. <laughs> it's not a straight stripe. Um, but I would make fun of all of that stuff so that people wouldn't see that I was hurting because I had these core beliefs. Never let anybody see I didn't know what I was doing and I never felt like I knew that I got the instructions to life. Never let people know that they got my goat. Always laugh it off and just move on to the next thing. Um, always knowing that thin fixed everything. If I could get thin, then I would be okay. If I could get the instructions to life, if I could get what you had, then I would be okay. If I could be successful, I would be okay. But every time I got to that next run of being okay or being successful, I was driven to the next thing because it was never enough. It was always focused on my selfishness and self-centered. You know, as I was getting ready for this talk, I started to think of how just selfish and self-centered I was my whole life. And, you know, it's telling me in the big book now we're at step three where, okay, I can't, I can't have food anymore. So I put that down, but now it's even worse. I'm doing abstinence, but now I'm insane because I'm seeing myself and I am driven. It says I'm driven by different forms of selfishness and self-centered. What is driven? It means I don't have control. I'm just knocking myself against a wall and doing it again and again, trying to expect something to be a little bit different. So that's the core of my problem. That's what the book is telling me. And I'm like, you got to be kidding. I, 
I work so hard at trying to be part of a group. I work so hard at trying to be one among many. Did you hear all the eyes in there? It was all me. I was driving it. I had to do it. I had to do it by myself. I couldn't rely on anybody else. So that drove me to always want to be a step above of everyone because that was the only way I'd get the attention. And that was the only way that I would be okay. Um, sugar is my drug of choice. I um, started eating sugar as early as I can remember. I took a hard left um, in high school when I found liquor and I found beer and that really got me off into a whole nother tangent, but um, I'm about ready to celebrate 39 years in another program, but it really is the sugar that I was after, and I never got that other program, and this morning I was thinking, I identified out because they weren't doing what I wanted. They didn't have meetings at the time I wanted. They weren't talking about the things I wanted to talk about. I never got recovered in that. So I came into the rooms here in Overeaters Anonymous in 2011 at the su suggestion of somebody who said I had an eating problem. And that was ridiculous. But I was out on a mission to prove that I could lose weight. And somebody gave me a really good diet plan. And I had this group I could go and bitch at every week and talk about, you know, how awful my life is. But I was following this plan and I was exercising like crazy. And weight started to fall off me. And in a year, I lost 65 pounds. And oh my God, is Overeaters Anonymous just wonderful. I'm losing all this weight. And I have this program and people that listen to me all the time. But I never got the program. I got diet with group support. I was in local meetings where there wasn't much recovery. So all we heard was keep coming back. It works if you work it. Oh, I had a slip. That's okay. Just keep working it. And I didn't hear any recovery until I found big book recovery. When I was really sick and tired of OA and was going to just drop out completely, somebody suggested vision for you. And I jumped on that meeting and got big book recovery for the first time in August of 2011 and really understood that this book is my lifesaver. This book has clear cut directions of how to get recovered. And it's not all this fancy words and all these things I don't understand. If I can just understand to put the food down and take somebody's hand to walk through it, I'm going to be different. But what was the how and why of it? The how and why of it was I put down the food and then I realized that I was the cause of all my problems. Well, hell, if I'm not in charge, who's in charge? That's when the light switch went off. The third step saying, I can't do it. I have to depend on a power greater than myself. Catholic religion aside, everything else, I realized that of my own making, I was nothing. And that I could do nothing about getting this power except following these instructions that were given to me in the big book. So the how and the why of it is I couldn't play God anymore. I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I had to put down the food and ask for help. And I saw in these rooms, I see on the, the line today, I see in all the little squares, the evidence that this works. This isn't a diet plan. This isn't diet with group support. This is a spiritual rearrangement of Nancy C that will bring me to a level of living that is beyond my wildest dreams. It's a design for living that really works, but I had to quit playing God, right? It says, this is the how and the why of it. 
um, I had to stop playing God. And so there, I'm given, we're given a whole bunch of instructions. We're giving very visual things saying, I'm not directing anymore. You know, the page before talking about, I used to wake up in the morning and go, lights, camera, you're doing this, you're going to be here. And as soon as somebody didn't do that, I was off kilter. I was nuts because people wouldn't do as I wanted. So I would sit back and eat and eat and eat and still direct more and nobody would do what I want. Today, I need to wake up and go, God, you're the director and I'm I'm your, your actor. I'm the one that's taking direction for you. And how do I do that? You're the principal and I'm your agent. You're going to write the script for me. I have a day script. I think I know what I want to do, but you're going to tell me what it is I need to do. And I have to trust you as a child trusts a father. I have to trust you're going to tell me the right things to do and you're going to protect me in whatever it is I need to do as long as I take the instructions from you. When I step aside my plans and designs and put in God's plans and design, my whole world changed. My whole world opened up. When I can wake up in the morning and say, God, thank you for letting me wake up today. What is your will for me? I am powerless over food. My life is unmanageable. Please help me. My life goes completely different. The lights, cameras, and actions come on, but it's all based on the wonders God has given me by having a new way of living. Um, I had to be rid of my selfishness and self-centeredness, and I'm the first one that will say, you know, I'm as selfish and self-centered as anyone. I like everyone to think about me. I think everyone that's looking at me is, you know, thinking about me. I have no idea if that's true or not, but I could take everyone's inventory who's looking in here. That's being self-centered. I can look at how you're looking going, oh, well, what are you thinking? Or, well, how's that going? It does me no good. I need to listen to the message and be present. You know, it's, I don't know if this is going to make any sense, but I just was on a, um, just to give you an idea of how self-centered I can get and how quickly I want that limelight. I was on a trip and um, we were getting, how to get off a big boat onto these little rafts to go into shore every day. And this one woman who was in her early 60s, first trip ever by herself, ever doing anything alone, was having trouble getting into these rafts. And I helped her in and whatever, we went on our merry way. And the next day, she was sa said to a group of people, she said, you know, I was ready to go back to my room and just watch from my window until Nancy walked me through getting off and getting on and sitting down. And I was like, oh, there was esteemable acts. God had me do something. And it was, you know, truly not in my doing. But what does my little brain go? Oh, you do something nice. You help these older, older people. I'm 60. I'm 67 myself. You help other people and people notice that. So didn't I start helping everyone? You know, oh, look here, here I'm over here. Look, look. that is my selfishness and self-centeredness that just wants me to be the center of attention. Why can't I just sit on that raft and go in and be like everyone else? And it took me two days to turn that around and go, this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. But my brain, and, and is what I'm trying to convey or what I thought this morning was just saying that my mind goes to me all the time. And that's where I have to go to God and say, it can't be me. It has to be somebody else. 
Um, when I can look at that, um, my mind has to be totally rearranged and that my heart has to be for other people today. Instead of me, 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 it's got to be God, other self. It can't be any other way. If I thought for a minute three years ago that I would be wanting to help other people and sit on meetings every day and talk to other people and work with other people, I think I was crazy. I would say, there is no way I have this time for this. I don't have time for any of this. But today, God has given me a design for living that really works. And I do call my higher power God. It doesn't really doesn't really matter what you're calling a power greater than yourself. And in and, and the second step, we just have to agree that there's something that's not us. It doesn't matter what you want to call it or what it might look like. It just has to be something that is greater than us that we can hold on to, to say, let me give this a try. Um, I was a skeptic, but I was so desperate and so sick and tired of being sick and tired that I took the hand of somebody to walk me through the big book. Again, if you're new and you put the food down, you have to move quickly. You can't sit and wallow for years in analyzing what selfishness means versus self-centered. It means you think only of yourself and you need to think of yourself less to really get this program going. And somebody can Nancy, help you to- Yep. Nancy, the five Thank minutes. You. Thank you. And somebody can help you do that. Just take the hand of somebody who's been through the book that's willing to help you go through. Um, my roots have been planted in new ground. And it says that in the big book. It says that we will be replanted. We'll have new soil. My root of selfishness and self-centeredness grew everything around me so that my world was so small. I couldn't see anything other than what was good for Nancy. I stepped on the toes of a lot of people. I made a lot of decisions based on self that bit me in the ass as I went along because I used people. People would get me to that next run in the ladder where I thought I would finally be okay till I had to go to the next rung and then the next rung. And I never got to the right rung until now I'm on the first rung. I'm on the first rung with all of you guys. And that's where we all need to be. I'm no better. I'm no worse than anybody else in these rooms. I'm exactly where I should be enjoying serenity and peace a day at a time by being shoulder to shoulder with you guys. If I decide that I know something better, you know, um, I said that I had been in the in big book recovery for since 2020, but I only have six months of entire abstinence because I lost sight of what was important. I lost sight of being humble. I started to do a lot of service for fanfare. I started to let that self come into me and how to be out and about and be large and in charge. I didn't have time to um, sponsor people. I had all these excuses why, oh, I couldn't start because I was going on vacation. or And then sponsors, sponsees would annoy me. They'd call and I'd be like, ugh. You know, are you done? I need to move on. I was just so full of myself. And, and then the suddenlies come, right? We start getting restless, irritable, and discontent. And then the suddenly the thought occurred to me, right? That it would be okay to be sloppy way in measuring my food. And I found people who agreed with that. So 
sloppy way and measuring is fine. And then I thought, oh, I could start doing something else with my food that it was okay. Am I doing 10 steps? Not on this kind of stuff. I'm doing it on the worldly matter kind of things, you know, that I look good when I'm doing a 10 step with somebody. It was all for show again. When I had a relapse and went out and came right back in, thank God, God brought me right back in. I took this totally as that this has to be all in. Half measures avail us nothing. And I was doing half measures. So if anybody is teetering with anything in their program that isn't black and white, cut and dry, take a hard look at yourself and get honest. Today, I wake up and ask God for the wherewithal and the strength to carry out his will and to understand I have to stay clean in everything that I do and helpful to other people or I'm no good to anybody. I have to make sure my program is intact, that I do my 10 steps, that I do my 11 steps. And that has me do every step. Every day I have to do every step. It might say living in 10, 11, and 12, but when I do 10s, I'm doing four through nine. And when I wake up and I do my 11 step, I'm doing one through three and um, 10, 11, and 12. So it is a total doing of steps every day. I am delighted that I have the opportunity to share with you guys today. And I hope I said just one thing that might have made sense. This is totally not what I planned on saying. So um, I hope that it was helpful to somebody. And with that, um, I will take a back seat and say thank you very much for letting me have this opportunity.